Baltimore Ravens beat reporter Brian Bauer on Bronson Kafusi's rookie impact and what expectations are for Dennis Pitta. Plus, Eric Mika is back for BYU basketball. He joins us in studio and a Big 12 expansion update. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Holler! Welcome to BYU Sports Nation Live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, May 3rd. Whoa. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you May. with us. Yeah, we got to get one of those in every day during May. <laughs> I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Seahawks Tuesday morning quarterback, Jerem Jordan. Now, my Seahawks did sign a quarterback that used to play at Brigham named Jacob Heaps. So that it's the summer. So mini camp invite, I don't know if it's that. We'll see. He, tweet, I, he's he not tweeted gonna, he's, out or Instagrammed out a three-man roster. He Instagrammed out a picture of him signing a contract with the Seahawks. Get yesterday. your heap Seahawks jerseys now. Would you wear ten New Mexico? No. Would you wear a Jake Heap Seahawks jersey? No, he was nice. I, I liked him when he was here. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for for him um, here. But and he no is the answer. What if he makes the roster and he's the third string quarterback? What if a volcano erupts under the broadcasting building right now? Okay, you think what if? you think that a volcano has a better chance of erupting underneath us than Jake Heaps does of being the third string quarterback in I'm Seattle? I'm rude, but I'm not that rude. No. <laughs> he's not making the 53? <laughs> he's a quarterback in Seattle, man. Who else do they have? Who else do they have? They only need Russell Wilson, dog. Oh, they only need one quarterback? Yeah. Coming from a BYU guy? No, the, the, Russell Wilson isn't consistently hurt, a la I'm just Hill's saying, like, no. history. You think that an NFL team only needs one quarterback? Listen, the backup's not going to lead you to the promised land. But so I'm what's saying, the who point? is their backup? I don't know who the backup is. Who cares? He's a starter. <laughs> I thought you were the Seahawks Jackson? quarterback expert, long, no. lifelong fan. I've, I've never claimed to be anything <laughs> that you've named me. I've never said, yes, I'm that. <laughs> oh, it's funny, man. Seriously, though, third string quarterback? No, he's who, not making the. No, who knows, man? It. Who knows? It's it's nice. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. First, big news out of the Big Twelve decision twenty sixteen, a Big Twelve expansion update on BYU Sports Nation. We begin our live team coverage with Ben Bagley, live from the control room. Ben? Thank you, Spencer. News from the Big 12 Athletic Directors meeting in Phoenix this morning. Commissioner Bob Bowlesby says Navigate Research, a firm hired by the conference to investigate benefits of expansion, indicated that the best model to place a team in the college football playoff is a 12-team conference play with eight league games and a championship game. Shocking news. The computer model, (laughs) having ran up to 40,000 simulations, says that the model would increase the league's chances of putting a team in the playoffs by 4 or 5%. Bowlesby was quoted as saying, I haven't seen the final report, and in the end, I don't have a vote. I think they'll, speaking of the conference chancellors, We'll probably ask my opinion, and I'll give it to them. Back to studio. Thank you, Ben. We, we need longer music, I think, is what we learned from there. <laughs> do, do, in, do. in the Big 12 Update Center, that's a thing we have now. That's great. 
In all seriousness, <laughs> I feel like there is actually something new here. For the first time, and this is my opinion, I feel like Bob Bowlesby is on board to make the move to 12 teams. He has been the guy not to knee-jerk. He's been the first to say, whoa, we don't need expansion. Listen to this. Listen to this. Bowlesby said he didn't think the league would be ready to take any major votes in the late May meeting. That's soon to happen. But he added that it would be in the league's best interest to move forward as quickly as possible, perhaps later in the summer. I'm going to repeat my message on this. Take action and let me know when you do. Otherwise, I don't care. Although I think it is fun that we have an update center for the Big 12 now. I do, I do want to point this out. Having run up to 40,000 simulations, that it's by f- will increase the uh, chance by 4 or 5%. Is it 4 or 5? It's a hard number. What is it? It's not 4 or 5. 4 it's to 5. Four, it's 4 or 5. Maybe it's 4.5. You ran 40,000 sim- simulations and you don't know the exact number? <laughs> How do you not know the exact number? Also, what's navigate research? Is that for ships? Is that for planes? What <laughs> is that? It's an independent research company. What is that? Yeah, anyways. By big, the way, Big we, 12, that has 10 teams. Expand or don't. I don't want to hear about the means. Okay? Just do it or don't do it. You don't want to talk about anything that comes just, out of the late May meeting. Just or let any, me know if you, you actually do it or not. You don't want to hear any of that. All of a sudden, you just want to be like, oh, yeah, Big 12 is expanding. Jabber jabber about nothing. There's no action. Jabber jabber. We wouldn't have a job if that was the way that the world worked. No, specifically with the Big 12. Like, this thing is this is dragging on, and BYU fans are like, please, You know please. what you need to find? We sent out a, a poll question about Big 12 expansion updates, yes or no. We need to track that down while I read. No, I, no, I, I understand why we do it. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm saying it's not my favorite subject to discuss because there's no actual action. We're thinking about re, uh, buying a new car. Just tell me when you buy a new car. I don't need to know about you thinking about it and like you've done research and it will be a good move for you. Just do it and it's then say, "Hey, I bought a new car." A car. It's and bigger. it's awesome. It's like buying in the country, dude. It's just like buying t- a country. Just tell me when you do it. Sporting News ranked the top twenty-five quarterbacks heading into twenty sixteen. Taysom Hill listed at number twenty-two. What say ye, BYU Sports Nation? More on that in just a moment. Baseball climbed to number 26 in the latest NCBWA.com for the Lakers poll. The Batcats host Utah Valley tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That's a big game. Tanner Chauncey was named Player of the Week, by the way. He went 9 for 15, a home run, two RBIs in three games against Gonzaga. Softball's Lauren Bell was named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after going 6 for 11 with five runs batted in in a series sweep of Pacific. The ladies are rolling. They take on Southern Utah tonight. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Top 25 college quarterbacks. The Sporting News' Bill Bender lists Taysom Hill as the 22nd best quarterback approaching the 2016 college football season. And I quote from that article, This is assuming Hill works back from a Liz Frank injury. His second straight season with a season-ending injury, Hill isn't a lock to win the job. Tanner Mangum led BYU to nine wins through 23 touchdowns in his place. This is like the situations at Baylor and at Notre Dame. The winner of the job is going to put up numbers. We know Hill can do that when healthy, end quote. When will Taysom be ready to be healthy? Chad Lewis joined us recently and said this. But by the time the season's here, he will be fully ready 
to jump over people, dominate, throw, run. He's going to have his full accoutrement of everything. He will have no nothing hindering him. He's going to be ready to rock and roll. Let's get a little more specific, Chad. When's he going to be healthy? I know where he is right now, and he's very close to being right there. So wow. I know by July he's going to be rolling. Okay, Jerem. You buying into this Taysom Hill healthy yeah. by July? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't care if it's July. I just care if it's by September 3rd. Um, July would be great. That's a bonus. If he's healthy in July, number 22? Yeah, yeah. I, assuming health, obviously. Um, to me, this is like picking your Mario Kart car. I, I, I don't, there's not like you're trying to win a title and you're in a pa- – the context is you're just, just who's the best quarterback. Yeah, they're, assuming health, absolutely. I go Taysom Hill. I, I've looked at this list. I think that the following guys are ahead of him at the, right now. Deshaun Watson – JT Barrett, Baker Mayfield, Seth Russell, Greg Ward Jr., Chad Kelly. And then I put Taysom Hill number seven. When he's healthy, he's as dynamic as any quarterback in the country, including Deshaun Watson. The difference, though, for Taysom Hill is he's making plays on an independent team that the last couple years have been 8-8-8-9 wins. When Taysom Hill is on the field for BYU, they've got a chance to win almost every game they're in. In fact, I don't recall a game where BYU was totally out of it. His largest margin of loss is 15-2013 Fight Hunger Bowl. You had 10-point loss to Notre Dame and Wisconsin on the road as well. 2014, 4-0 on your way to what you thought was something special, injured. At Nebraska, looked like what Steve Young called, said, he's going to win the Heisman, you know, which is an overreaction by Steve, absolutely, in that game to start. But a Heisman type of candidate, he's way better than 22nd. To me, he's a top-10 quarterback. I go as high as number 7. Our Twitter question today asking all of you to rank Taysom Hill. Where would you rank Taysom Hill among all college football quarterbacks? So I have him as... As high as number seven. What do you have, Maz? Use the hashtag BYUSN at L underscore Moss underscore Micah. Pretty generous considering it's been a while since he finished the season. Now now that's a good point. 2013 is the only full season that Taysom Hill has played in. But I... I'm not worrying about whether he's going to make it through the whole season This or is not. the Just first the sentence. The first sentence of this article on Taysom Hill says, this is assuming Hill works back from a Liz Frank injury. We're assuming health. Yeah, no, I, I get the assumption of that. I, I'm not putting as much context as that into it. I'm just saying, okay, they're all healthy. You line them up. Yes. You rank them. What do you have them at? So if they're all healthy and you it's line May them up 3rd, like Mario like, Kart, yeah. number 22? I go Toad, by the way. Who do you go with in Mario Kart? Uh, Who's your Mario Kart? I'm a Yoshi guy. Mm, Yoshi, okay. Yeah, I like Yoshi. I like the speed of Toad. Toad, Toad to me, has 4-3 speed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's an SEC corner. Good grief. If we're assuming health, I would put Taysom Hill... At number five, behind Deshaun Watson, J.T. Barrett, Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma, and Seth Russell, the Baylor quarterback. Now, I can hear a conservative BYU fan out there going, whoa, that's a little high, Spencer. Take off your blue goggles. He had three season-ending injuries. To say conservative in BYU is a synonym. We're not. We are not assuming anything about injuries. If he's healthy, do you remember what Taysom Hill did when he was healthy. But he's not been, you know, I, yeah, I see both sides of it. But just where is he? But we've established this? the parameter in the article. I, if he's healthy. he w- In sp- sporting news two years ago, had going into 2014, he was had the him 15th as 15th overall player. Best college football player at any position. Which is interesting. So Bill Bender, one man's opinion. We've had him on the show, sporting news. He's saying 22. That's interesting to me. Okay, so you have 5-7. What we need to discuss, too, with this uh, is – Taysom Hill is the, uh, among all active quarterbacks coming into 2016, most rushing yards among everybody, by the way. 
which is not a huge surprise, but he is one of the best quarterbacks coming back to play in the country. He's top 10 to me. It's, it's hard to argue for me, like, if he's healthy on the field, that he's not top 10 in some way. I got him a number five. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate for crying out loud. And he hasn't been one in the back half of any season yet, though. What about Tanner Mangum? If Taysom isn't a, quote, lock to win the job, why wouldn't Mangum be right there with Taysom Hill at number 22 in this list? Tanner's not mentioned in that. And he brings a lot back to the table, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tanner Mangum returns the 13th most passing yards of any college football quarterback in 2015. That's pretty high, right? He's going to be a sophomore. And that's third among all sophomores. Third among all sophomores, 3,377. Didn't, didn't start all 13 games. You know, played basically 12, 12 games in a quarter, um, which, which is interesting. I have Tanner. In my opinion, he's somewhere among the top 25 in here. I don't, I don't think he's higher than, like, 22, but to me, he's in it. We've only had one season of volume, whereas with Taysom Hill, we've seen 2014 that was off to a dynamic start. 2012, he was spectacular in just those two games. We've seen a little more from Taysom Hill, right? Gunnar Keel, the quarterback at Cincinnati – by the way, did not play in Provo. Hunter Moore started that game, and Keel could have gone. Played against Tanner Mangum. Okay, if Gunnar Keel is number 23, <laughs> Tanner Mangum's got to be in the top 25 somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm surprised he left, he's left off this list. So when the quarterback rankings for the group come out this summer in all the, all the magazines, Bury's going to be top 10 in the country when you have Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum on the roster. To me, two of the top 25 individual quarterbacks in the country. You know what all awesome. of this tells me? All of this tells me that the most popular guy on campus in August and September at BYU will be the backup quarterback. Whoever that is, that's going to be the hot commodity on campus. On September 3rd. Oh! Countdown to the Wildcats! 123! That's one of those fun ones. One, two, three. Guess what happens Still four months away. from today? Four months from today is the game. Four months from today. Now I'm excited. Four months, because that's a note, but it's still four months. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Get involved. Up next, Eric Mika in studio a week off his mission. But first, the Baltimore Ravens beat writer Brian Bauer on Bronson Kafusi. BYU Sports Nation brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight, 8 Eastern time, baseball, the Batcats back in action. A local rivalry against Utah Valley. Call it what you want. We've tried to call it the uh, University Parkway Derby Collision. Crosstown Clash has been thrown out there. Yeah, 8 Eastern time tonight. Utah Valley versus BYU on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Spencer Linton on the call. Our Twitter question today, where would you rank BYU quarterback Taysom Hill among all college football quarterbacks? Sporting News says number 22. Jerem says number 7. I say number 5. At BYU LASF Jazz says it's a good starting point. He will move up. From 22? Absolutely. 22 when he was the 15th best college football player regardless of position just a year or so ago? Yeah, he's 22 on this list. We both had him in the top 10. No bias at all coming from this program. (laughs) (laughs) It's called BYU Sports Nation for a reason. Know your audience. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Baltimore Ravens beat reporter for the Russell Street Report, Brian Bauer. Brian, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today. 
We were all stoked to find out that Bronson Kafusi was headed to a defensive-minded organization. He seems like a very good fit. What was the overall reaction to the third-round selection by the Ravens of Bronson Kafusi from the fans in Baltimore? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting question, to be honest with you. A lot of people had to resort to Google, to be honest with you, uh, for, for Bronson. But, uh, you know, this is, this is a guy that the Ravens organization had been watching for a long, long time, apparently. And, and talking to uh, the general manager, Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta, um, along with their college director of scouting, Joe Ortiz, you know, this is a guy that, that they fell in love with quite early. Um, in all honesty, they're West Coast scouts. Um, are very high on him. He was one of the Red Star players. But, you know, the fans' reaction was kind of like, who's this, who's that? They really didn't know what they're getting. You know, let's face it, a lot of Ravens fans aren't really tuning into BYU football, unfortunately. <laughs> Wait, what? You know, get, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, and given that, you know, that, that the Ravens have drafted products from BYU before. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think – you know, as word and information is kind of being passed out about him, they're, they're really excited, and I really think they're on board now. Brian, what was the reaction from the media? Well, and quite frankly, kind of the same same reaction, so to speak. A lot of people never heard of him, um, but uh, you know, it didn't take long after talking to you know general manager and even John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a psyched up guy over him. Um, you know, he had nothing but positive things to say about him. In fact, he was one of these red star players that. They tagged a red star on their draft board, um, which completely, basically, he fits the Ravens' profile of a guy. Um, you know, and once the media started finding out a little more about him, we got a chance to talk to him as soon as he was drafted. Uh, he was so excited on his conference call with us. And, uh, you know, it, it seems that, you know, the more digging everybody does on him, the kind of, you know, trying to figure out what kind of player he is, the more, you know, for me personally, the more I see, the more, you know, the Ravens knocked it out of the park with this pick. You've mentioned the term red star a couple of times, and I'm assuming that goes to the war room for the Ravens. Is that kind mm-hmm. of like if there is a red star player available and we have the next pick, like we are going to draft him? Absolutely. Yeah. However, you know, they had their draft board grade or whatever. Uh, apparently right before the draft, the brass Ravens brass and all their scouts and all get together and put these red stars next to their name. And Bronson's was one, uh, I believe Eric DaCosta said it was one of their West coast scouts that, that, that nailed him. And the more film they watched, uh, you know, he ended up getting multiple red stars, um, from different people in the organization strictly for his high motor, um, you know, and he's not really a sexy pick, but he's a highly, he's been highly productive throughout his collegiate career. And that's something the Ravens are, are very keen on. And, you know, he, he actually fits a position of desperate need for this Ravens organization. So how does he fit uh, within that need at that position, like you just mentioned? Uh, definitely, you know, Ravens, with, with an agent Terrell Suggs and an agent, um, you know, Elvis Dumerville, you know, they, they needed pass rushers. And, you know, he, he's a guy that, that is going to fill that. Um, you know, he played multiple defensive fronts. A uh, big thing for him and what the Ravens desperately need is a five-tech guy. He's a three-technique guy. Um, you know, so he's desperately going to fill that need. And also he's, he's very productive in, in run-stopping as well. You know, last year, second-highest run-stopping percentage among three, four defensive ends. And, and, you know, he produced the best pass rushing productivity rating as well. In 10 sacks, 14 QB hits, 34 quarterback hurries. The Ravens desperately needed that guy last year. And, like I said, with, with some of those aging um, pass rushers that they have now with Dumerville, 
obviously, and Terrell Suggs coming off his injury. You know, he's a guy they're going to throw in the mix, and you know, basically, he's going to be getting after the quarterback and assisting in the run stop. And that the Ravens' young defensive front that they have, um, you know, hopefully, he'll be able to fit right in and not skip a beat. Um, you know, his size. They're, they're not really too worried about his size. Ozzie Newsom said he's not really sure how big Bronson is going to get, but you know he def- definitely can play two or three spots for them. Um, you know whether or not he's going to move his defensive end, five technique, he's stand up, move around, rush off the edge, and plus the big thing for, for the Ravens is is that he can has drop capability. So the only thing that concerned the Ravens would see about his weight, you know, but. Obviously, I think you know they'll, they'll they'll throw some weight on him, and you know I don't think he's going to lose any of his quickness or anything like that. So he's definitely a guy that's going to fill this position of need for them. Baltimore Ravens beat reporter for the Russell Street Report, Brian Bauer, is joining us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about Bronson Kafusi right now. Was just drafted 70th overall, seventh pick of the third round to the Ravens. How much of an impact do you expect Bronson to make in his rookie year as a third round draft pick in terms of? How much time he's actually going to see on the field? Well, in all honesty, and that's the thing with John Harbaugh. You know, I've covered this team for you know, over over five years now, and and he, if you practice well, you're going to play. You know, and it all comes down to how he's going to perform. You know, it starts next weekend here at a rookie minicamp, and it's competition. The Ravens do nothing but breed competition. It started when they all reported for off-season conditioning. Uh, as far as running and, and all that. So, you know, he'll get caught up to speed with that. A lot of his time, obviously, going to be spent in the classroom. But, you know, they, the Ravens have one of the best, best defensive line coaches in the league, Clarence Brooks. He obviously um, has, has missed some time due to his uh, cancer issue, battle with cancer as well. But, uh, you know, it's a guy, the Ravens, they love their defensive line. And and you got to look at some of the guys he's going to be going up against, you know, trying to beat out for this for this job. And you know, obviously, Lawrence Guy has kind of stepped up. Uh, Norty Capley, who, you know, he, he's kind of been a journeyman as well. Captain Lewis Moore returned last year, was his first year healthy, as did Brent Urban. So, you know, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna see valuable reps, uh, if he can prove himself throughout training camp. And I think he's got a great chance of seeing more reps than, than quite, than even some of the starters here. You know, like I said, they're, they're really hyped up on this guy, and, uh, you know, they're just looking for a pass rush, and if he has any success, and I mean any success, you know, the Ravens can't afford, for their own reasons, they cannot afford not to have him on the field if he's productive. So, you know, and honestly, I think you know, we'll see what he has starting in rookie minicamp, see how he works his way out through the summer, and, uh, you know, hopefully you know, he'll be one of these positional guys, uh, guys they'll bring in in certain situations, see if, if he can be productive, and the more productive he is, the, the better off he's going to be, and, and the more time he's going to see on the field as well. Brian, immediately when he was picked by the Ravens, BYU fans recognized, oh, there are other BYU guys on that team. So tell us a little bit about how DeAndre Wesley uh, has made his way from undrafted free agent to a part of this organization. Then, then we'll get into Dennis Pitta in a minute. Uh, DeAndre, you know, I really hadn't um, gotten a chance to learn too much about him up until training camp last year. And after watching him throughout training camp, and he's a guy that brings some depth to that Ravens offensive line. Uh, there's there's been a lot of issues with injuries along the defensive front, and as you proved last year, they had played in seven games for the Ravens when they were struggling along their offensive line. And you know he, he's a hard worker, and watching him throughout training camp, and, and that's the same with the Ravens offensive line. Juan Castillo and them guys are their own little family, and, and it's interesting to see because they're the last unit that's always on the field. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. 
and, and it just goes to show just how dedicated one is to making those young guys better. And I think, you know, in all honesty, I think DeAndre, I, I, I doubt he's going to be a starter for this Ravens team, but he does provide that valuable depth and, and game experience as well. You know, he's young, he's raw, uh, but, you know, he's going to have another year under his belt here uh, in, in the same system uh, underneath Juan Castillo and Mark Trestman. So, you know, I expect that if the injury does occur, which, you know, it seems to happen every year along, somewhere along the Ravens' offensive line, that, that he's the kind of guy that can just step in and not and, and not skip a beat, really. And just, you know, they won't have to, you know, they won't have to change the way they, they, they do their plays or their schemes to fit him as they do with some of the other guys that we found out last year. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said Dennis Pitta is close to 100%. He said he looks great. So what are the expectations for Dennis after a couple of season-ending hip injuries and surgeries now that he is back? Yeah, Dennis Pitta is definitely a quandary here. Uh, you know, obviously, they restructured his contract last month, um, you know, incentive-driven. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Dennis still, you know, he told us not too long ago he still wants to play football. He is close. Obviously, he's still waiting for some more doctor's opinions. Doctors say that, that he is healthy. The Ravens seem to say that they're still that he's healthy, too. Um, yeah, but it all comes down to, you know, basically their cap space, too, as well. So they needed to get that restructure done. Um, you know, like you said, he's missed a lot of time with, with injury over, over the last two seasons and all. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that has such a, a rapport with Joe Flacco. I mean, these guys are best friends on and off the field as well. But, uh, you know, if they can come back, you know, it's great. But, uh, you know, it, a lot of the opinions among some of the fans here is that what's more important? You know, if this guy's two season-ending injuries, uh, they obviously don't want to see him get hurt. So, and, and the Ravens have to be wondering the same thing, too. You know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? You know, they want to have, you know, they don't want this guy not to have some sort of quality of life. You know, God forbid he suffers another injury again. You know, um, so that's a decision him and his family are definitely going to have to make. And basically it's going to be an audition, I guess, throughout, you know, starting training camp, see how he progresses through, through a little preseason action. And, and, you know, in all honesty, I'm not sure he is going to be on this roster come um, September. Um, you know, where the Ravens went out and signed Benjamin Watson this offseason. They still got the young guys, uh, Crockett Gilmore and Nick Boyle, who's suspended for 10 games, though. But, uh, you know, he still is going to have a role on this team. But at some point, a decision's going to have to be made. So, you know, they can get this offense under wraps. So, I mean, I like Dennis Pitta. He, he's a great guy, uh, does so, so much in the community here, and I really can't say enough positive things. I, my biggest worry is I, I just want him to have some sort of quality of life, you know, where if he gets injured again, that he's, you know, that he's going to be able to abstain that. You know, football isn't everything in life, but, you know, you try telling that to some of these guys, and, you know, they live and die with the stuff that happens on the field, and if he wants to play again, then, you know, that's great. I'm just not sure the Ravens are going to be willing to take that huge gamble this season. Okay, we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, how familiar are, are you with the BYU-Utah rivalry? Because now you have three Cougars and three Utes as of this moment on that team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how these Cougars guys kind of uh, interact during uh, you know twelve on twelve drills and things like. See if there's any animosity among them once they get started. I'm just excited to watch Steve Smith and Eric Weddle go head to head. They're two former Utah guys. But uh, yeah. we all know the personality that uh, Steve Smith can carry around. We don't. We don't talk about Utes on this program, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a BYU program. 
uh, yeah, Steve, Steve's never, uh, never a quiet guy. So, and Weddle as well. It'll be definitely training camp once they start putting pads on in training camp. And Steve coming back from his injury as well. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, and I couldn't, couldn't be thankful enough to have, uh, Weddle here in town too, to kind of shore up some of the safety problems that the Ravens have had over the last few seasons. Brian Bauer with us, Baltimore Ravens beat reporter for the Russell Street Report. Great time to uh, to talk to you about to all the different BYU Cougars that are making their way to Baltimore. We appreciate the insight there. No problem. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Brian Bauer joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. <sighs> We're never going to ask someone about two youths ever again on the show. We'd like to. Uh, I'd like to apologize. Um, for that question that we asked a moment ago, we we apologize. The views and opinions of Spencer related to discussing oh two my are goodness. not the official opinion. Hey, remember of how TV you brought its, it up? Or its you brought it up. I brought up BYU guys. You said it. BYU no and BYU Utah. Connection. You said BYU and Utah. Eric Mika joining us next. More important things to discuss, like Caesar's back. He is back. Yes. BYU Sports Station continues on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV and Radio Vision, live with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Aren't you going somewhere tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, well, Chicago, then Pittsburgh, then then uh, I'll drive to State College for uh, Pennsylvania for the NCAA tournament for men's volleyball. The semifinal will be on BYU Radio, video on NCAA.com, by the way, Thursday, 8 Eastern time, BYU versus the winner tonight of Long Beach State and Erskine. I'll be shocked if it's not Long Beach State. Uh, so that's Thursday, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Big 12 announcing it has finalized research that says it must expand to 12 teams in order to maximize its chances of making the college football playoffs. Just Shia LaBeouf that. Just do it! Sporting News ranked the top 25 quarterbacks heading into 2016. Taysom Hill listed at number 22. Earlier on the show, we mentioned where we think Taysom Hill should be ranked. If you missed it, uh, download the podcast. Check that out. BYU baseball climbed to number 26, up four spots in the latest NCBWA Top 30. The Batcats host Utah Valley tonight. You can watch that game on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. You can also listen on BYU Radio. Tanner Chauncey, West Coast Conference Player of the Week, after going 9 for 15 in that series against Gonzaga with a home run and two runs batted in. Whew. You got it done, man. He was on the show recently, too. Hmm. Coincidence? Hmm. And Lauren Bell was named WCC Player of the Week after going 6-for-11 with five RBIs in a series sweep of, of the University of the Pacific. That's the official name, by the way. Joining us now, and a hearty BYU Sports Nation, welcome back. He's back! To the sophomore center, yeah. Yeah. Eric Mika. Yeah. He just worked out, too. You're, you look red, which is great. Bit, You're working hard. A little bit sweaty, but yeah. you can't really Come up to the mic. Me. It's been two years, I know. <laughs> Can I mean this a little yeah, bit? There, yeah, there you go. Embrace Perfect. the microphone, Eric. Can you hear me now? You yeah, are yeah, back, I'm man. I'm back. Doesn't feel real quite yet, but here we are. Did you honestly think that we would still be doing this show no. two years later? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll explain. I thought this show would exist. I just didn't know if both of you would be here. <laughs> <laughs> if we'd make the cut. Yeah. We're still here, man. That's good. Yeah, uh, that's glad. I'm, That makes me glad. I haven't left since 05, so yeah. Uh, the last time you were on our show... Uh, I was wearing a Patrick Shart- Star shirt. Yes, yes, that you, yes were. you were. And, SpongeBob. and you said, can I stay? And we said, sure. This is April 30th, 2014. <laughs> you wandered the part. next segment around with a lacrosse stick <laughs> behind us, and we just ignored you. <laughs> 
The lacrosse sticks. I don't think here. you ignored me though. I think you knew I was there. Oh no! We, well, we didn't acknowledge. There we go. Yeah, yeah. There will be more random wandering in the back at some point on this uh, show. I, I thought about doing it the first day I came down to pro. I think it was Saturday or Monday. I don't remember, but I thought about just coming and popping in. But I didn't know if it was my place funny. anymore. <laughs> you're, you're you're hard to lose. Like, oh, there's a six ten fella. By oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay, let's ask the quintessential question that everybody asks to the return missionary after two years, and that is, how was your time in Italy, man? It was good. It was really good. Italy is is a really special place. I feel really, really lucky to have served there. Um, the two years was, a lot of people say, the best two years, right? And it really was. It was really, really hard, but really, 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 really good. Um I think I grew a lot in a lot of different ways. Physically, not really. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade the two years for anything. And now being back, it's it's weird. It, it just feels at this point that it was a dream, but a really good dream. So, What, what were some of the uh, fun moments for you? Being in, Were you ever actually in Rome? That was your mission, but did, were you ever in Rome? I was in Rome uh, just a handful of times, less than 10 times for for a day or less than a day. Um, I was always outside. Most of my mission, more than half, like 60, 65% of my mission was in the south, was in the island of Sicily and the state that's right above it that um, is called Calabria. And I was there for, for a while, and so Rome wasn't really <laughs> in the boundaries. My last P-Day, I went out to, uh, I went to the Vatican, and so I got to walk around there. I got to stroll the streets of Rome for pretty much the first time, which was pretty enjoyable. But saying I was in the Rome mission is kind of kind of weird because I really wasn't. <laughs> I, was, I was in the Sicily mission. So you're in the Vatican, yep. and, and this question is is seriously uh, on our rundown today. Did you knock the Vatican door? <laughs> <laughs> Did you leave a Book of Mormon with the Pope? There's a lot. There's a lot of doors in there. <laughs> I don't know if you can pinpoint one. We 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 went in the um, in the piazza in the um, in the center where he speaks every Wednesday and Sunday. But I asked around; he wasn't there, so oh, yeah. maybe next time. You tried, yeah. You tried. Uh, height, height, and weight. You the same height? You didn't shrink. Uh, didn't... Everyone thinks I got taller, but I think they just forgot that I was tall. Six ten. Yeah. Okay. Six ten. How about the weight? Pasta, right, pizza. Right now I'm too. I weighed myself the other day. I I kind of have lost my appetite since I've been home, because like, there I just would pound pasta at lunch and dinner. You know, because that's when I got to eat. That's what I did. I ate. But here, since I've been home, we have this we have this pantry full of food that I'm just around all day. So I'm just kind of snacking, and I've already lost like five pounds to like two thirty six or something like that, two thirty seven. So. What was the About first thing? Seven pounds more. What was the first thing you wanted to eat when you came home? Chinese food, any kind, and I did. I had Panda Express in the New, in the New York airport. <laughs> <laughs> By Chinese food, I mean just fake, fake Chinese, fake, food. fake fat, that. greasy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was good though. Yeah, it was so, real good. So you you got home last Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, how much of you worked Almost out? A week ago. Yeah. Um, I started working out yesterday. Um, started working out yesterday, and then I got after it this morning, and then I'll get after it tomorrow. What kind of workouts are we talking about? Because it is a process with a right. return missionary. Um, yesterday I did a little bit of conditioning with the team. For example, it was four of us. It was me, TJ, Elijah, and Kyle Davis. And I ran about 
of what they did at about 70% speed. So I did a little bit of conditioning, and then I did individual workout with, um, who did I do it with? With Andrew May. He's the, I don't know how you describe Director him. of basketball operations. Yes. That's how you say it in English. Sorry, Andrew. You know it in Italian. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going for. Um, I did that, did a workout with him, and then I also did one in the afternoon with TJ and his dad, Marty. And then today I was just in this morning with um, our guy, my trainer, Paul Peterson, just for about just about an hour. And then I'm just going to kind of ice and stretch and take it easy. Um, so then I have some legs tomorrow. I'll be working out a little bit. I'm enrolled. I'm taking one class. So I'm going to work out a little bit with um, Quincy Lewis tomorrow. I'll be in the gym with him just a little bit. Okay, so a little bit of school and obviously getting back into workouts right now. What's the schedule like to get back into shape uh, by the time <clears throat> September and October roll around? Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's telling me baby steps, baby steps, but then I'm just kind of doing whatever I want. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just Nothing, nothing's changed. I'm doing exactly. No, I'm just I'm trying to do as much as the other guys are doing, like being in the places where they are and then just doing what I'm capable of doing. So today when I, you know, when I was dying, when I when I couldn't go quite as hard or quite as long, I'd just take a minute, I'd go get some water and and we're cutting workout short. So I'm doing the same thing as everyone else, just kind of just playing it smart, just not doing too much. Um and I think slowly I'll I'll add more things on, more things on. Um we'll get we'll get into some weightlifting. It's just going to be about a month or two months until I can really really go and play with some guys but even then i don't think it's going to be super often that i'll be doing it yeah it's it's got to be hard because the the chris collinsworth example is the one where it's like okay you got to take it easy because he went a little too hard at the beginning kind of hurt his ankle that hurt his knee his career was never the same then there's the kyle collinsworth tyler haas where they took it easy and that whole thing but how how much could you exercise on your mission or or did you related Mm. to basketball um how much did i related to basketball I'd say I don't know. You want a number between one and ten? Uh, between one and eighty-seven. No, uh, no. four. <laughs> did you play basketball? How many people did you dunk on uh, on your mission? Well, we actually had a rule: we weren't really allowed to play with other people, just amongst missionaries. Because right, right when I got there, was a new rule, like for our mission specifically. Um, hey, as you got there, yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another story. There's about. <laughs> There's about 50 things that happened during our mission that was just, they were all just clear signs of God just being like, you're not playing basketball for two years. <laughs> and so I, I didn't. Um, I probably averaged out to maybe once a month, maybe, and that's pushing it. Just with missionaries, every once in a while finding a court on P-Day. Or, um, we made a couple friends doing it every once in a while, but very little. And the workouts in the morning... They went well, but you know, just a half hour it's hard to be motivated for, so they were <laughs> they were pretty light. You're telling us, lots man. of stretching, lots of lots of journal writing. Yeah. And this is a clear advantage for BYU athletes. <laughs> yeah. I always love that. Well, they, did you hear the advantage that was? Yeah. What are your expectations for the first season with the Lone Peak 3 reunited. The Nick Emery, TJ Haas, Eric Mika back. Like what what do you expect to do with your old teammates in year number 1? I don't know. I want to play really well, win a lot of games. Um it'll be exciting to to get back with them. It's been a while since we played together all three of us. Um 4 years plus since your last game. 4 years or 3? Well, did you you played in the 2012 state championship game, correct? 2013, yeah. 
2013. Oh, our Saturday might have been off the other day. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, no, Eric. I actually saw that, so I brought this up. Now, <laughs> wait, wait, Nick was gone though, correct? No, Nick was there, Nick was there senior year. He he just went on his mission right after. Ah, yeah. there you go. Oh no, <laughs> Eric! Well, yep. Eric was here, and TJ was a senior at Lumpy. Yes. I like that we figured that out together on the air, on yeah. national TV. We could have figured that out before this interview. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it'll have been three years, but I just, you know, already seeing the guys. I've worked out with TJ already once. I know that things are just going to click right away, and we have some, some great guys on the team. I'm just excited looking at the roster, seeing how many just strong players we have um, from start to finish, looking up and down. And so we're going we're gonna to have a big – Big opportunity to do some good things, make it to the tournament, make it far. That's that's our expectation. Now the uh, the Eric Institute of Dunking uh, is under construction, and it looks good. What, what do you think of that new facility? I It'll actually, be ready in October. I haven't really given it a very good look, um, but I heard it's nice. I heard it's really nice. I saw the the projected finished product, I guess you could say, and it got me really really excited. It gave me a little little bit of hope out there on a. On a tough day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Mika with us in Studio B, back on BYU Sports Nation, following a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to the Rome-Italy mission. We'll finish with this. You have a new Instagram account, but no posts. When are you going to grace us with your social media presence once again? When I get 1,000 followers. When you get 1,000 <laughs> Instagram <serious>? followers. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like Quincy. He has one tweet. <laughs> oh, by the way, Quincy Lewis is an assistant coach. That happened. What did yeah. he tweet? Oh, he tweeted once. It was about our show. I just have nothing to post. I mean, I think Twitter. I've... You have 288 followers. That's not bad. So you get 1,000? Big E12 on Instagram. One, it's been one day. <laughs> That's pretty good for one day. It's not going to take Man, that long, It's, it's like think. people like you or something. That's crazy. I'm one of those 228. 1,000 followers on Instagram. How about you just Instagram a picture with us? <laughs> That's my uh, first, it's the first one. Yeah. We'll do it during the break. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that is I'm nice. trying to, Yeah, I think I've... I retweeted three things, and I tweeted one thing. Nope, I tweeted twice. There Eric, you go. we need you to sign our new Stretch Wife flag. What is it? As part of your return. Eric Mika is it's back, a, ladies and gentlemen. We have to explain everything. You've been in America one week. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Up next, our elite tweet yeah. is on the Where way. You don't want to miss it today. But first, what is the news of the day out of the yeah. Big 12? If you missed it... Stick around. We're doing it big on BYU Sports Nation. Eric's so tall. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio and B. And Eric Mika. Eric Mika. Still here. Still. Hey, get rid of me. Are we going to Instagram or what? Uh, no? Listen, next time you have me on, I'll Instagram. Okay, next time. Okay. Next time so we next have Eric Mika on. Next week. I told you there yeah. would be yeah. just okay. random Eric Mika right. in the See back. Welcome home, my friend. He's got a shooting shirt. I'm if jealous. you miss an episode of this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, tonight, 8 Eastern time, BYU versus Utah Valley Baseball. Eric Meek will not be on that team, unfortunately, but later this fall he will be. Uh, BYU versus UVU tonight, 8 Eastern time. He still hasn't left. He's still here. Twitter question today. Where would you rank Taysom Hill among bag. all college football quarterbacks? <laughs> 
Now he's 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 finally walking out the door. Play by play of Eric Mika leaving the building. After word prayer, that guy stays at Linger longer longer than anybody. At BYU Teddy Bear eighty nine answers the Twitter question with this: He's a top ten sleeper. His injuries have kept him from being seen at his full potential. Twenty sixteen is his year. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. For I'm excited for football and basketball. Like having Eric Mika in here reminds me. Oh yeah, basketball is gonna be lit as well. We've discussed Taysom Hill and where he ranks among all of the college football quarterbacks. Download the podcast to hear where Jeremy and I think he should be in that list. And for an update from our Big 12 Update Center now, let's check in with Ben Bagley. Is there anything new, Ben? Well, Spencer. Decision 2016. A Big 12 expansion update on BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) News remains much the same. To recap, Navigate Research, a firm hired by the Big 12 Conference to investigate the benefits of expansion, indicated the best model to place a team in the college football playoff is, get this, it's shocking, a 12-team conference that plays eight league games and has a championship game. That computer model having ran up to 40,000, someplace in between zero and 40,000 simulations, (laughs) says that that model would increase the league's chances of putting a team in the playoffs by 4 or 5%. Is it 4 or 5? Commissioner Bowlesby was quoted as saying, I haven't seen the final report, and in the end, I don't have a vote. I think they'll ask my opinion, and I'll give it to them. Wait, hang on. This just in, <laughs> still no decision made. Back to studio. Yeah, well done. Well done from the Big 12 Update Center. Oh, the B- <laughs> We have a Big 12 Update Center on BYU yes, Sports we do. Nation. Yeah, that's brand new today. Do, 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 I'm surprised Eric Mika wasn't in the Big 12 Update Center. The political music is so awesome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, so uh, on that note. Nothing new. And I said this earlier. I, I feel like there is actually a bit of news here today because the research numbers have come back. Like, they did the research, and we knew they were doing the research. Yeah, That's news. Now, Dur- there are numbers. Like, Twelve is there's better. A, there's Dur- a statistic. Yeah. Four or five percent. Yeah, that's some statistic. Four or five. Is it four or five? <laughs> what is it? You did a simulations and data, and you don't know the number? I'm still kind of hung up matter. about right. our stat of the day being wrong about the Lone Peak 3. Hey, was that? Uh, or are we sure about that? Just saying, I wasn't here that day. Well, you could have corrected us, Jerem. I was having valuable family time, man. <laughs> oh I wasn't watching live. Oh, my goodness. Will the Big 12 expand this summer? And I'm not saying, are they, like, they going to announce the teams they will add, but will the decision be made that they are going to expand to 12? I think that that's going to happen. Like They're going to say, yes, we're expanding to 12. I, I think they'll do it, too. Show me the money. At the end of the summer. By the Show end of summer, me the money. I think they will say, we are expanding to 12 teams. It is official. We don't know who yet, but we are going to expand. That's cute. Do it. I Talk is cheap. It. I would love it. Talk is cheap, but not cheap when you pay someone to do research. Coming up, Tyler Haas getting buckets overseas. Women's soccer also doing work across the pond. And lacrosse is a five seed in the Cougar Whip Around? Woo! Stay with us. Beats of the Y to the U Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Whip it, brother. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The Big 12 announced research findings that say it must expand to 12 teams in order to maximize its chances of making the college football playoff by 4 or 5%. They don't know. 
Also sporting news, ranked the top 25 quarterbacks heading into 2016. Taysom Hill listed at number 22. Skull! Baseball! BYU climbed to number 26 in the NCBWA poll. The Batcats host Utah Valley tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and on BYU Radio. Tanner Chauncey, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, after going 9 for 15 with a homer and two RBIs in three games against Gonzaga. Softball. Lauren Bell was named the WCC Player of the Week after going 6 for 11 with five RBIs in a series sweep of Pacific. Soccer. Brigham Young continues its preseason quest for perfection in Italia by beating ASD Napoli 6 to nothing. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went 2 for 5 with two RBIs and two runs for the Midland Rockhounds. Lacrosse. The Cougars are a five seed in the upcoming MCLA tournament and will face Oregon State, Oregon State, on Monday at UC Irvine. Cougars overseas. Tyler, the all-time leading scorer at BYU Haas, scored 20 points and dished out three assists for Obradoido CAB against Real Madrid. The friends of the basketball, right? That's right. The workshop. Future guests, Coco Tawali Bond, Brian Hightower. Who's with NBC Sports. He's an analyst preparing for the Varsity Cup rugby. And our own Jerem Jordan from the great state of Pennsylvania. I'm from Erie, PA. you got to be quick with me. Name that reference. Today's rise and shout. That's the thing you do. Dexter, Dexter, help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? The players of the week in softball and baseball. Lauren Bell and Tanner Chauncey. Nicely done. Where would you rank Taysom Hill among all college football quarterbacks? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Craig Durandall says, We'll see week one against Arizona when he goes up against number 18 on that list, Anu Solomon. Taysom Hill's a better quarterback than Anu Solomon. Come on. How high? No data behind that. How high? Download the (laughs) podcast. I give you pom-poms, not numbers. Our elite tweet of the day from at Josh Reynolds 24 on the Mount Rushmore of NCAA quarterbacks. Taysom is Washington. Mount Rushmore? Healthy, however, I don't think he's even on Mount Rushmore. He... He's on his own hill. I see what you did there. Well done, Hey, Josh. thanks to Brian Bauer, Eric Mika, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. The show on demand, BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Is Jake Heaps going to be a Seahawks quarterback? Shout out no. to Matt Marshall. We're back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow.